Hi, I'm Barbara O'Brien, and welcome to The Empathetic Trainer. Today's guest is Julianne Thorne, all the way from the UK, so we're pretty excited about that. Julianne Thorne is a holistic cat therapist, empath, author, cat mom, psychologist, and certified behaviorist. She has worked with cats for over 15 years and has founded Naturally Cats to provide holistic help for cats and their guardians. Well, that sounds amazing. And I, and I want to say right away, cats and their guardians. Mm-hmm. That that just has a really good feeling about it because, um, you know, pet owner, we own them. You know, it's a whole thing, right? And I'm kind of liking, wow, I'm the guardian of several amazing cats. <laughs> but, but guardian just strikes me as a, a lovely word. And so um, we can, maybe we'll just kind of start at the beginning. First of all, thank you for, for coming on the show. We're grateful for that. Um, I got your, uh, your book. And we're going to talk about this book quite a bit, um, Cat Chakras. Am I pronouncing chakras right? Either or chakras, chakras, as long as, yeah, all, all the same thing. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Um, and we'll definitely want to, we want to talk about that because I'm completely do not know any of this. And I was reading it and I'm like, wow. But to begin with, I'd like to know a little bit about you. Like, when did this start? Did you just wake up, you know, I'm a cat person? Or did it come, you know, tell me a little bit about early Julianne, maybe your first experience with cats, uh, and then we'll, we'll just, we'll just keep going, but I want to hear from you. Beautiful. Thank you, Barbara. And thank you for having me on the podcast. It's a real uh, opportunity to be here. So thank you very much. It's lovely. So yeah, we've always had cats in my family. My mum and dad got divorced when I was young, but they each had cats. So my grandparents had cats. My aunties had cats. We are a cat family. I'm not <laughs> anti-dog in, in, in any way, shape or form, but we are, we've all had cats. So when I finished university after doing my psychology degree, I knew that I wanted to get my very first cat. Uh, it was like non-negotiable. And the... <laughs> The first cat that came into my life, I waited five months for her because I went to rescue centers and they didn't have cats. How, how does that work? Like rescue centers not having cats available to yeah, me? They're, they're always overrun with cats, right? I, I mean, that's, that's what the thing. So exactly. So it was so I, I waited until the rescue center called so that they had a cat and it was Pickle. And for anybody that follows me on social media or has read any of my content, know that she was the cat that changed my life. So being, like you said, her guardian, I I became very uncomfortable with the term owner very early on whilst being like her mum. You know, I didn't <laughs> definitely with Pickle did not own her in any way you know she and that's funny to her we know this right <laughs> so people say that don't they you know, cats are more cats are more relaxed and and you know I, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think each cat's a unique individual but I heard the term guardian when I did some training and thought that just really resonates for me you know I guard this soul while she's with me you know in this as in this form and pickle she was a very very poorly cat we had her for 13 years Mm. she broke my heart she pushed my boundaries she inspired (laughs) me she she changed my world and I created naturally cats because of her because she was incredibly poorly we had arthritis gingivitis pancreatitis diabetes dandruff you know constipation we we had so many problems and i was desperate to do as much as i could for her and i didn't feel like we were getting anywhere with vets and that's not to disrespect vets in any way we just weren't no, getting no. answers she wasn't getting well so she led me to train in um animal healing and then, and then the courses kind of, you know, evolved from there. I'm, I'm happy to go into the journey with her, but again, I could probably talk about pickle for like a good hour. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. So pickle was definitely, you know, we have an expression, um, a heart cat. You know, like yes. like all cats are wonderful, but there's particular animals in your life. You know, I have a particular heart horse, even with all the horses. Particular mm-hmm. heart dog, although I love them all. You know, mm. my particular heart cat's 19 years old right now, you know, and she sleeps on my head every night and her name is Evelyn. And so I, I understand the depth of feeling that you would have had, you know, for Pickle. Yeah. So how yeah. does, how did the, were, was this a new trend, a new growing thing, learning about 
were you in the right place at the right time to learn these modalities, these things to about cats? Was it out there for you to learn or did you have to like figure this out all by yourself? Did you, you know, how did you go yeah, about learning these things? Kind of a bit of both. So we, I, I wanted someone who could give me a holistic approach to helping her. We could look at all the elements that affected her. When I was going to the vet, it was very much symptom treatment, symptom treatment. And I'm, okay. I'm like, there's got to be more than this. You know, what is this holistic approach? We tried a bit of, um, we tried a bit of homeopathy. We tried a bit of acupuncture. And again, it was, it was still very much one treatment or one method and and one change. So I had a moment with her on the sofa, on the couch, as you guys would say. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> we were sat spooning as you do, you know, on the sofa, cuddled up together, watching the telly. Right. And I was at the point where we'd been to and fro the vets for nearly two years because she was vomiting regularly. Oh, and all they kept saying to me was change her food, change her food. And I was at the point where I just fell into surrender. I, I was on the sofa with her and there was nothing else that I could do. So I had my hand on her tummy because we would just, we would sit that way. Yeah. Yeah. And in my heart, I just kept repeating, help me heal her, help me heal her. Like, I don't know who I was talking to. I'm not huh. particularly religious. I I just didn't know what else to do. So that's what we did. Um, and then we, at this point, she was diabetic. So we used to check her blood glucose by pricking her ear to get a little droplet of blood. I checked her blood glucose after this incident on the sofa and it, her reading was 5.6 which was the lowest we'd ever known. And actually she didn't have that number ever again. And I was just blown away. Wow. So do you feel that the, the intention and the energy that you brought to that moment, um, you know, with, with, um, uh, help from, from, you know, wherever a person wants to call it, um, Mm -hmm. those pieces came together and, the intention and energy did something that showed you that something was possible for healing cats. That's exactly it. You've, 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 yeah, you've captured it brilliantly. That's exactly it. I mean, I, up until this point, I was a psychologist, you know, I have a psychology degree, so I'm very much oh, about, okay. so, you know, behavior and yeah, science yeah. and, <laughs> you know, the, so. the, the logical approach. So it, it blew my mind. And from that moment, I looked into Reiki, I, you know, searched for hands healing and, I trained in Reiki, then I trained in animal healing because the human stuff was fine, but I wanted, you know, to to find out how to read cats, how to work with cats, how to connect yeah. with cats. Yeah. So I did a diploma in animal healing, which was very unfortunately dog focused, dog centric. We had a couple of cats, but oh, not many. <laughs> no, I love dogs too. Um, me too, me yeah. too. Uh, but yeah. um and then on that course, they the tutor mentioned about self-selection, about using, you know, oils and essential oils and dried herbs okay. to support okay. cats emotionally right. well, now, and Now you're getting into a, a territory. I mean, I understand the energy part a little bit because I feel that's very much how, how it works because in my head, we're all energy, right? And whatever. Absolutely. So, uh, I, but when you talk about Reiki and we start talking about these other things, um, you're going to have to educate me. So then also that'll help educate our listeners who aren't familiar. I mean, I've heard the words, I know, but it doesn't mean I know what they mean. Indeed. So if you could, um, please for us, we'll start with what does Reiki mean? What is that about? So Reiki is a form of energy healing and you can have something called an attunement, which essentially means that you find the frequency of the universal healing energy. So you're then able to channel that energy, to use that energy purposefully with a range of symbols to heal or support the healing of a human or an animal. So for me, Reiki is a lovely modality, yet I also do believe that everybody has the capacity to heal, even if they aren't attuned to Reiki, because as you said a minute ago, it's about intention and energy. Okay. So, you know, Reiki is a beautiful space. Um, and if people want to have training and qualifications about energy, that's an option that they could explore. Okay, well, okay good. So, yeah, they certainly can find more information out about that. Um, then then uh, the next thing you mentioned was um, um, healing oil. Is, it, is that what you said, healing oils? 
So, like so that. I did it. The, the diploma that I did was in animal healing, and and during animal that, health. the tutor, yeah, the tutor mentioned about using essential oils and dried herbs with cats and dogs. So the term is zoopharmacognosy, which is a very, very long word. It I'm means, not sure I could repeat it. <laughs> generally, it's referred to as zoopharma or self-selection. So basically, it's zoopharmacognosy translates to animal medicine knowing. And it's all about the fact that animals have the capacity to choose what they need to heal. So you you've got horses. You'll you'll have seen, you know, some of your horses will eat certain herbs, bushes, flowers, plants at different times of year. They Mm -hmm. are choosing those because of the healing properties of that plant. Dogs go dogs go outside and eat grass. I mean, you know, right? They at least mine do. I live on a farm and they're like eating grass all the time. So there must be something in yeah. 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 What, what they eat. Right. Okay. So I understand that. That's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. So then uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, so your, your cat felt this energy from you or however it worked and it opened up your mind to new possibilities. Okay. So then you went and got uh, um, learned more about it. Mm-hmm. So then how did you start? First of all, did the, did the cat feel better? Like, did it help in what happened? And then you're opening the new knowledge that you have. Did that help Pickles in the long run? Mm. Uh, yes, it did. So so basically the training with the healing, the self-selection, and then the chakra work, it, 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 I don't know, we haven't mentioned that, but like you said, we will. So it, it, it spanned over a period of probably about six to seven years. And what mm-hmm. happened is every time I, I learned a new modality, I used it with pickle and she did benefit. She would self-select spirulina, which boosts the immune system. She would work with, you know, a lot of people are familiar with like dried catnip, which helps to reduce stress and anxiety. Now, there are other interesting catnip because that's, you know, naturally that's something I think of and, and we, you know, cats enjoy it and it grows wild mm-hmm. here too as well. Um, I've never thought of it as like, I guess, of course, that's why cats are drawn to it, Right. And uh, of course, it does help them to relax and have some fun. And like, I wish I had some of that, you know. <laughs> so like, I but I never really put the that the cat would self-select it. Like, duh! How do we know cats like it? Because they self-select it. So that makes yes. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. pickles is feeling better. You're. What made you decide to like? Okay, this is working for pickles, and I'm learning mm-hmm. these things. How to take what you are um, you really care about and want to share with the world? How did you make that step to uh, starting to work with other people's cats. Uh, you know, like, did people come to you and go, my cat has a problem or tell me how that process worked. Mm-hmm. So naturally cats, the, the kind of was, a, was a hobby for a good few years. And with every course that I did, because I did the diploma, you know, it was always a couple of years. It was never just like a weekend course. You know, I wanted to learn as much as I could. And I'm the kind of person that likes detail. And like I said, I do have that logical side of me. So I wanted the evidence, the experience. So I would work with, you know, case studies. And then some of those case studies would become clients. They would want a second treatment, a second visit. So then I would charge them a very small nominal amount at the time and, and started that way. Okay, well that I can see how that could build, and um, and you're you're helping cats. So, however it happened, it's good that it happened. Yeah. Okay, so the um, you know, I have a number of cats, and uh, I do I my best to make sure that they all have their own resources, so that nobody's fighting over food, nobody's fighting over litter boxes, nobody's fighting over places to sleep and things like that. It took me a long time to start to learn that. Wow, when that one cat sits on the top of the stairs and stares down at the other cat, that's a thing. You know, like mm-hmm. to learn their body language and stuff like that. Um, let's, we will get into the chakras, but um, what was the most of, of the, when people come to you with a problem, you know, what would you say is the most prevalent common problem that people are having that they're, you know, like the cat's in danger of being placed or put down. I mean, like, like, you know, it's, it's just such a serious problem that they're like, you know, this isn't working. We got to get rid of the cat. And that's the worst outcome. So what, what are the most serious problems or the things that happen the most commonly, I guess I should say. I think the two most, I think the two most common misunderstood behaviors in cats are aggression and anxiety. So they generally manifest as weeing outside the litter tray or weeing around the home or aggression, which is obviously the cat's reactive. You can't pick them up. You know, they may hiss, they may may start to scratch. And both of those have emotional causes. 
So people over the years would come to me sometimes with with behaviours related to those two um, situations. But Mm -hmm. there's always an emotional cause. And the problem that we have is it's actually for a large portion of the situation with cats is the humans. The humans don't understand where the aggression is coming from. What type of aggression is it? Is the cat in pain? Are they fearful? Have they got limited resources? Is their territory being impacted? Are they physically, do they have a physical issue? Where is their aggression coming from? Or their anxiety? Why are they presenting with anxiety? The cats are inherently clean animals. Cats are social, sentient, sensitive beings. So they can't be left alone for days at a time. They need connection and interaction and relationships like dogs, like humans. So when when we have humans who have a cat or expectations of a cat, Mm -hmm. my cat should be cuddly, my cat should do this, should do that that's when we have a problem. And that's when people would come to me to to ask me to effectively change their cat, which for a while, I was because I'm a trained behaviorist as well. Uh-huh. For a okay. while, I'd say probably about 12 months, maybe I did work with people with behavior, behavior modification, supporting the cat in their environment, changing, you know, bringing things in to support the cat's emotional state. And then actually, I realized that the results that were the results were limited in terms of the duration of how long they lasted for, because it wasn't until I started working with the humans or the guardians that I then realized that their emotional state was impacting the cat, their, oh, like I said, yes. their expectations, et cetera. So right. you are, you are speaking the language of the things I'm learning about when I talk to my podcast guests, because with horses and dogs and any, any other mammal that, you know, it's the exact same thing. Um, what we bring to the table, what we bring to the relationship and those expectations mm-hmm. affect that animal's behavior. Uh, I completely understand. Um, I train animal actors. And so I work with you know animals that are in commercials and print ads and movies and things like that. And I've done that for a very long time. And um, I train, well, I shape cats. There's no you know, uh, cats only agree. <laughs> there's, there's not, uh, you, know, you can probably dominate a dog and a horse to a point, but there's no dominated a cat in having the cat be happy about it. And I don't want any animal to be working. That's not happy in their work. I don't, we just don't do that. Yeah. And so I've learned hopefully over time to continue to learn their body language and understand. And so I choose the cats carefully. Um, but it's mm-hmm. all intention. It's all mm-hmm. like really like, you know, okay, please, I'd like you to wear this, um, you know, silly sweater. We're going to wear this, this sweater. Is it in UK? We say jumper, I, I think, right? Yes. yes. Um, so I want to, I want you to wear it because that's what the photo shoot's about. Um, because mm-hmm. the client is selling the sweater, right? The cats mm-hmm. normally not choosing to wear clothes. No. You know why they have a pretty good fur coat. Don't really need it. Mm-hmm. But I, I work with my cats and I go, you're going to look so nice in this and it's going to feel really good. And I'm going to be, we're going to put it on very gently. And you already know that I've shaped the behavior to please sit, stay, because there's this yummy turkey that we're going to be giving you. And um, it's really fun to what to, because I'm giving off that intention. You know, the cat has, is, since they were kittens, have been socialized, brought to the studios, used to things, nothing scary. Um, they actually look quite proud. And when I opened the crate that, cause I brought them to the studio, I opened the crate for them to come out. They come out, you know, the body language and the tail goes up and they're just like, look at me. And everyone goes, Oh, cause they're all happy. The cat's there. And it's all the whole cruise energy towards the cat and the cat loves it. Now you can't mm-hmm. just take somebody's house cat and put him in that situation. It's not fair no. because they don't. No. And I, I love the fact that you about the respect there, you know, the respect of the cat, the respect of their emotional state, the respect that you're showing them, you know, you're going to wear this jumper, but, you know, we're going to talk to you about how long you're going to have it on for and there's going to be the reassurance. With the treats yeah. the, you know, there yeah. is the respect and the understanding that it's a cat you're working with. They are no lesser than any <laughs> human or dog, you know. I do, I do say to the photographers that are learning other people that I go like, you know, it is a cat. OK, it is a cat. You know, <laughs> we're going to shape a behavior or they'll say something. Can he do da 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 da? And I'll go, I'll ask him. Because it's like ludicrous, you know, there's not a little man in there that, you know, has the the frontal cortex to understand, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. All I do is shaping a natural behavior. And I, you know, okay, we do dress them up. I'm sorry. But but that's not sure natural goes alongside wearing a jumper. But I know what you mean. 
I mean, so, uh, I know that. And so, but that, that's just a, you know, one example. Most of the time it's like, please sit here, be a pretty cat, you know? So that's, so I try not to do anything that, um, is terrible for their dignity. Cause it's not, you know, cause whatever. Cause if we start, if you do something, you draw, you put something on them that looks funny and you start to laugh at them, they feel that. And I don't yeah. want to do that, you know? And so instead we, we always go like, you know, Oh, look at you. You're so wonderful. And it's a matter of five, 10 minutes. That's all it is because mm. we, we get the shot. It's like, we're done. There's no reason to do it any longer. It's yeah. not like I'm being terribly cruel to my cats. It's not true. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But like you said, though, if you went to, if you walked into a room, you know, for a meeting or a party, and everybody turned and laughed at you, at you, how would you feel? Right? Cats are sentient beings. They have emotions. Exactly. Just That's like what I was trying do. to get at. You know, yeah, building them for sure. Up. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I get that. So you're exactly right, mm-hmm. though, because the same thing works with horses and so. And then you know. um, I've heard this that, of course, uh, I want to, I can't remember exactly which book I read it in, but uh, we're mammals too. We're animals too. And yep. so what our cats and dogs and other mammals that we're working with, and then I still think birds and other things too, because they all have, mm-hmm. you know, they're all living. Okay. They feel mm-hmm. it as well. And so um, we have to remember that we have all those same feelings of we can feel other people's energy towards us naturally of course right so why wouldn't why wouldn't a cat a dog anything else feel that you know Mm -hmm. so okay so then let's let's talk about um chakras because this is a whole Mm -hmm. new world for me and uh, i'm assuming that chakras work similarly in all the mammals all the living things Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. that right absolutely for the lay person for the person that's never been there could you please explain Sure. So I'm happy to talk about cat chakras. <laughs> so they, so chakras are energy, they're your core energy centers. Essentially, it's how energy moves from your environment into your body and vice versa, from your body out into your environment. So your auric field, which is the field that sits around your body that is connected to your main energy centers, which are your chakras, Mm -hmm. extends out for humans, extends out as far as your arm stretches. That's how far out your energy moves around your body. For cats, it's generally around the height of their tail. If they've got one, their energy is all around their body. Now, that's interesting to me because you said like it extends out to um, uh, the arm length. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isn't that mostly in most cultures, how far apart we stand when Mm -hmm. when we're strangers? Mm-hmm. And so respecting a cat's space would be that energy around their tail. So instead of like grabbing a strange cat, which would be so rude, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how mm-hmm. would you like it if somebody came and picked you up, like literally mm-hmm. picked you up and carried you off? That would be right? rude, right? So mm-hmm. you would want to like stay in that bubble in the sense of like, can I come into your bubble, please? Right. So I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that. That makes sense to me that it would extend out that way around each particular species, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that is one of the reasons why with cats, people say, you know, let them come to you. You know, put your hand out, put your arm down, put your hand you know, out towards them and let them come to you because they are choosing to enter your energy field, your energy space, and also uh, making the choice for you to enter and to feel theirs. Now, there are some cats that are like with humans, right? No two cats mm-hmm. are the same because right. they're a species. They're not, you know, they're not, um, they're not lemmings and all, all one thing. <laughs> they, they are all unique as are we. So to some cats will come straight up to you. They'll be quite cuddly. They'll let you touch them. They'll go straight onto their side, show you their tummy. Like some humans are really friendly. They're touchy feely. They give you hugs. You know, they're very tactile. Mm-hmm. And you'll have some cats, as you do with humans, that won't tolerate physical contact, that won't like to be around other people, that are very sensitive to human energy or to to other energy. So with cats, in a way, it's no different to humans. So people, when people say to me, cats are small dogs, I have to say, like, Mm. I really don't agree with that at all. They are a completely different species. However, I do liken cats to humans with the the parallels that they have, like I said, in terms of their uniqueness, their individuality and their energy, their their ability to sense energy is phenomenal. I mean, I'll I'll never forget when I was when I had my wisdom teeth out, I had all Mm. four wisdom teeth out in one go and Mm. I went to bed. I had really strong painkillers and Pickle came and sat on my shoulder and against my cheek. And I was so swollen. It was so painful. And I'm sure people that are watching or listening, sorry, will have experienced moments when their cats have come up to them when they're poorly. 
right? Oh, yeah. No, they do. They know this. Uh, my, my cat, Evelyn, I spoke of, the, the calico that's 19 now. Years ago when I, I was having trouble with my uh, wrist and it would, it would be painful and I'd had to wear a brace and things, I'd sleep at night here with my hand up here and she found that she would always lay on it like this living heating pad and mm-hmm. it was the most comforting feeling and she still sleeps there whether my hands are there or not but it but it was that comforting feeling like she knew and it was you know the hand that hurt that she would like lay on and it was this warm wonderful feeling and aren't there studies where like if you're petting a cat and you're relaxed it like lowers your blood pressure you know like Absolutely. aren't there studies like that yeah, um, there are studies true. to do with that when you stroke them about how it lowers your blood pressure, but also their vibrate the per the vibration of their purr. So when uh-huh. we talk about energy, as you said, energy is all of, is made of vibration. Sometimes people call it frequency. The two terms are used interchangeably, but you know essentially that's how energy is is measured. Mm-hmm. That's what makes up energy. So when you've got a cat that is purring. 90% of the time it's because they're happy. There are some cats that will purr when they're stressed, but it's not as right, common. Yeah. But generally people know that when cats are purring that they are happy. And it's to do with the frequency, the impact that it has on our energy centers, on our chakras, on our heart space. It's right. How phenomenal. can you not feel good when you're holding a, or near a, a purring cat? How can you not oh, no. feel good? I it just, you know, like the the day <laughs> melts away when you're like relaxed and your cat is like you know with you and wants to be with yeah. you. So we're going to go back to the chakras, but um, mm-hmm. this is a phenomenon. And I just want to have you explain to our, our listeners, because I bet you know this. Why is it um, when you um, are not a cat person, you know, and I don't know what that feels like, but pretend I wasn't a cat person and I go somewhere and somebody has a cat and, I, and they're giving, so I give off the energy, like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. I don't want to talk to you, cat. I, you know, I don't want anything to do with you, cat, cats, whatever. Why do some cats or quite a few cats go like, oh, now that's interesting. I have to go over there and I have to check that out. You know, um, why, what is it that makes the cat go like, it's okay to go over to this person who's giving off, like, don't come near me. Is they, are they literally curious? Can you maybe explain that? I think that's a really great question. So there are two, there are two reasons I would say that that happens. One is, is a behavioral response. So cats are, are hardwired to avoid threats. You know, they are, they mm-hmm. are, prey predator and prey animals so when they are being basically eyed up because if you don't like cats what do you do you watch that cat as they walk across the room to make sure they're not coming anywhere near you so your eye is trained on that cat as they walk around you so the so one reason may be that cats will come to you to basically diffuse the situation because they want to know huh. are you going to attack me are you going to be a threat to me you know if if wow. another cat and if there were two cats outside they would come towards each other not necessarily up close but they would come towards mm-hmm. each other they do a bit of a standoff to to make it Mm -hmm. short and then they would decide to either fight or to disperse and walk away so that's one of the potential reasons that the cat does it the second reason is because they're healers because they want to come towards you to shift your energy to to change your vibration in that space what a gift what a Mm -hmm. gift that cats give us then i had not Mm -hmm. ever thought of it from that point of view i've always thought of it was more like your energy so you know i'm curious I love the fact that, because I do have cats that are like that, that are definitely, you know, um, would be, if, if I had time, they'd be therapy cats. Like you could bring them and they would, they would love to like heal, you know? So, um, Mm -hmm. I get that, you know, Sullivan, you know, that's, that's his role. I mean, he just like, I'm going to make you feel better. (laughs) I'm going to come and be with you, but I've never thought of it from that perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So we're going back to the chakras. We've talked about how it's a flow. So Mm -hmm. then go ahead. Tell me some more, please. Okay. So. Cat, the way that I work with chakras with cats is I work with the main seven chakras. There are more. The, there are There is a school of thought that says that every acupressure point is a mini or micro chakra. So depending on what, which information you work with, my experience of working with chakras has been the seven main chakras. So that's the root, the sacral, the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye and the crown. So they literally, mm-hmm. if you had a sideways picture of a cat, it starts at the base of the tail works up through the body to just above the top of their head. Unfortunately, I, we haven't, I can't show you visuals because we're audio, but basically it's, right. it's the whole yeah. of the cat. Yeah, no, in your book, um, Cat Chakras, which is a complete guide to clearing, cleansing, and balancing your cat's core energy centers, and your book just came out, so I'm, I'm happy to have this copy. Um, you have illustrated it quite well. 
and uh, you have pictures and they're showing how you do things. It's, it's really a, a great manual. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's like why, but also how, which is extremely. So then people can learn these things and help their cats and in turn, they're helping themselves. Absolutely. So, so they've done a great job illustrating it. So when you pick up, go get, get a, go to, there'll be links in the, in the uh, podcast here. So go pick up uh, her book and look at that. Thank you, Barbara. I appreciate that. I, and I appreciate your feedback. That was the point of the book. So my mission, when I when I left my corporate job, my mission is giving cats a voice. You'll see that hashtag over everything, my social media, mm-hmm. you know, giving cats a voice. I thought I was doing that before when I was explaining to people their behavior. But actually, what I realized mm-hmm. is when you you can give a cat a voice, but unless the guardian is listening, that voice isn't heard, which is why I wrote Unless the book. The guardian is listening is like so true. Same thing with horses, yeah. dogs, anything else, children, yeah. right? Anything else. So. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I wrote the book to give to give people the option. So you can come and have a treatment with me, but actually let's not, why not show you how to do it? The listener, the reader, you know, every, like, like I said, I do believe that everybody has the capacity to manage, to channel universal healing energy. You may need some hints and tips as to how to do that, which are in the book, but you have the capacity, anybody listening to mm-hmm. feel the energy of your cat, to feel into their chakras. And when you have a cat, like a human who has a set of balanced chakras, you're generally happy, healthy, and well. So if you've got a blocked chakra, if you've got an out of balance chakra, and I don't want to go into too much detail because again, it could be a topic I could talk about for another hour. (laughs) You know, if you've got a chakra that is out of alignment, it's not balanced, um, it can lead to physical issues. So, you know, one of the examples I, sorry, darling, what were you going to say? Oh, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. That's all. It's it's something that, you know, we need to be mindful of as, as cat guardians. Yes, we provide litter trays and food and scratching posts, but energy work is like it's like the forgotten pillar of health, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have known what I if I'd have known back with Pick what I know now, I could have helped her even more, you know. And and I do believe that we we are where we're meant to be and everything happens when it should, but there are times when I look at her and I think I wish I'd known about color therapy. I wish I'd known how to support you with energy work, which again is another reason you'll see in the dedication in the book. That's why I wrote mm-hmm. it. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so then um, I'm trying to think of like uh, what other problems. Oh, okay. So you, so go back to the chakras just for a moment. When something's blocked, it can cause, because uh, the mind and body absolutely connected. I mean, I'm reading research, learning about things, how even the gut has its own brain, apparently. And, and your gut tells your brain things, you know, so this works the same way in other mammals, I'm sure. Um, so what, when you say a chakra is blocked, then yeah. what does a person do to help the, um, yourself and the cat? I, is it, do I unblock? What does that mean? Please. Okay. So if you've got a cat that is, for example, like scratching the side of your sofa, you know, it's not somewhere you want them to scratch. So you shout at them, you know, some people say, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. what are Typical, you doing? Leave right? it alone. Don't do that. Now the cat is exhibiting a normal cat behavior. A cat needs to scratch. They need to, right. you know, many, many reasons. But what's actually happening is you are, you are um, stopping that cat from expressing itself because it's doing a normal cat behavior. So what right. could happen is the cat could it could have a blockage in their throat chakra. So the throat chakra is all about self-expression. Now, oh, it's not okay. just about being vocal because that's what some people think. It's not just about the vo- about using the um, the vocal cords to communicate, or the voice to communicate. The throat is about expression. So if the cat is unable to express itself, i.e. by doing a normal cat behavior, which is scratching something, you are diminishing and taking away energy from the cat's throat chakra. So mm-hmm. and also if you think about the connection that you've got when you're shouting at them, you're 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 shifting a lot of your energy, oh, but you're actually taking that. it yeah. from theirs. Okay. So then so then what happens is the cat may stop expressing itself or it may it may lose its voice. You may notice that you had a, a very vocal cat before and now it's really quiet, or or vice versa. It depends which whether it's too much energy or not yeah. enough energy. I, I see a lot of parallels here in um relationships and children. Yes. Um because if you're with somebody that gets angry and shouts at you, especially as a child, right? Eventually either you're going to become shut down or you're going to be reactive in a um a, an aggressive or like, you know, 
fight or flight kind of way, right? So a cat, I guess, or mammal would be very similar. You yell at them for no understanding. They have no understanding of like why. And uh, they're going to do it. They're going to lose their voice. Like a child can lose his voice and then it comes out other ways or, you know. So I I just keep drawing parallels between all of us being animals. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's a a really great, it is a great parallel. And, And like you said about diminish their spirit. You know, if you, if you can't, if you shout at your cat, my question to the humans are, why are you shouting? Is it because you don't understand the behavior or is it because you don't like the behavior? Because if you don't like it, you've asked to live with a cat. You've got a cat as your pet. You need to understand why your cat is doing that behavior, which is like I said before, it comes back to the human and their lack of understanding about the aggression mm-hmm. or, or the anxiety. But if you, if you, for example, you know, in this example, if you keep shouting at your cat because they scratched the sofa, Mm-hmm. You're diminishing that cat spirit. What you may notice is in a couple of months' time, they start to urinate around the house. Because actually, right. and it's not because of the litter tray, it's not because of any diet mm-hmm. issue, it's because mm-hmm. they're unable to express themselves because the sacral chakra is, is you know, connected to the kidney, the bladder. So if they start, if they can't express themselves by, you know, using their really scratching. Yeah. It's, it's all, the wow, that is, is energy I'm going to learn more about that. That That's what the book is about, everyone. Yeah. Let me take, take, check this out because this is really interesting. Um, yeah, it's funny because people will say like, well, because of, oh, you're a cat trainer. And, you know, they'll ask me like, how do I do this behavior? And I'm like, well, I don't do that. Well, my cat walks on the counter. And I'm like, yeah, it's a cat. <laughs> I mean, he needs to be high and look down on things. This is the nature of cats, you know, <laughs> or he'll bite my ankles when I walk by. And I said, well, do you have two, like my kitten, I have a new kitten and he bites my ankles. And I, do you have two kittens? No, only one kitten. And I said, go get another kitten right away because he needs to have a buddy. He needs to be social and put that energy into each other. They'll still be, oh, then he won't love me. Oh, that's not true. Believe me, two cats can, three, seven, 10 cats can love you. This is not an issue. You know, they'll still, they'll be in their colony, but they'll still love you and want to be with you. So you know, just like, yes, it's a cat. Like, what do you expect? It's a cat. You I know. know? So- and, and that point there, you said, you know, like about them loving you. That's that's the bit that I'm starting to work with now. It's helping the guardians to understand. So what are your expectations of a cat? What needs in you are you projecting onto your cat? Why do you expect your cat yes. to be a certain way? What, what need in you are you expecting them to fill? You know, if you want, I mean, who doesn't want a cuddly cat? You know, cats feel nice to touch because of their fur. So who oh, doesn't yeah. want a cuddly cat? But not all cats are cuddly, like I said before. And no. if you have a cat that's not cuddly, you you have to respect that. Because if you don't, unfortunately, you're going to damage the relationship. There'll be the energy mm-hmm. and the emotion that exchanges between you, you know, and it can lead to behavioral and physical issues. When we accept a cat for the being that they are, mm-hmm. in the way that they are, your relationship can then truly blossom. You know, if you see them mm-hmm. as the being yeah. and, and how it's, they show yeah. you love, it's, it can be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't, you know, I love my horses and I love my dogs, you know, and my chickens and my sheep. And <laughs> I can't imagine not having cats in my life. I'm so blessed mm-hmm. that I'm able to. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine, I mean, how, because I probably with them physically more than any of my other animals. Cause the dogs are big. And so they don't sit on my lap as much as they'd <laughs> love to. Um, and the dogs, I love them, but there's too many, I, you know, I have three and I don't want them all on my bed. So sorry, dog people, but I don't want all three cats, but the cats on my bed, like I, when we travel, Oh, I miss mm-hmm. my cat. I, you know, I miss them because mm-hmm. I want, I want my, you know, and um, you know how hard it was to lose pickles. I'm sure for you, yeah. uh, you know, Evelyn is fine. She's 19. She's, mm-hmm. you know, kidneys are still okay, but there's going to come a time, you know? Yeah. So I've got another cat that is a, is like, she's, they get along. They're fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, Cleo, but Cleo's learning her place on the bed because I'm yeah. like, <laughs> and we're making room. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but cat animals make room for each other. You know, yes. when animals leave us, they're making room for another animal. Um, I, I kind of believe that. Um, yes. and I'm, I'm a big heaven person. So I kind of, you know, believe I'll see all my, my cats again and they'll go, you, you made us wear clothes. But anyway, <laughs> I, I do love them. So I, I get that. Um, I have another question, uh, before we, um, go to, um, the next segment of the show, but another quick question, multiple cats. People with multiple cats, do cats cause each other problems that block their chakras or is it mostly a human, um, the, the guardians not doing managing resources well or like, you know, 
causing conflicts is not enough space and not enough, like the resources are being uh, threatened. I mean, multiple cats, how does, can they affect each other's chakras or is this more, I'm just curious. I don't know. No, absolutely. It's a great question again. So th- yes, they can. If you think about with with humans, you know, when you're with certain people, they will, you'll, you'll spend time with them and then you'll come home and feel probably a bit drained. Others, your people, you'll come <laughs> home and you'll, you know, you know what, what I mean. Other people yeah. you'll spend time with and you come home and you feel like, you know, you're going to go and tackle all the housework because you're just buzzing and absolutely full of energy. And, and again, mm-hmm. it's the same with cats to draw that parallel. So in a multi-cat home, you need to be a, a, a heightened guardian. You need to be more aware. And that's even more of a reason to use like color therapy and chakra work, you know, by having okay. colors around the house to give the cats the opportunity to manage their own energy. Because, and, you know, as you said, it's all about relationships. It's the emotions, you know, emotions are energy in motion. So if you've got a cat that oh, is being... Oh, sorry. Stop right there. That is a beautiful. Mm-hmm. Emotions are energy in motion. I'm going to steal that. Uh, <laughs> emotions are energy in motion. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole show just about that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's it's really true. Yeah. 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 So so if you've got so when you've got multiple cats, like with multiple humans, think of all the different emotions that people mm-hmm. or the cats are experiencing. If you've got a cat that's being bullied, if you've got a cat that's shy and it's got nowhere to hide away, if you've got a cat that, like you said, needs to have heights to feel safe and you don't have any, you've only got one and it's already taken over by another cat, you've got to 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 take the time to manage the dynamics. And that's not just from a behavior perspective. For me, behavior is this is the, what's the word? Behavior is the... Um, is like the symptom of an emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've okay, got an sure. aggressive cat, it's because there's an emotional reason for it. If you've got a cat that's hiding away, there's an emotional reason for it. So for me, when you're dealing with a multi-cat home, take time, take time to know each of your cats as an individual and then understand how those individuals interact in that group space. Because as you said, it is going to impact their energy as it would ours. Okay. Um, one more question related to that, and then we'll, we'll move on to um, the cake break and questions. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, we have some questions that whatever, I'll get to that. But um, I have a friend who has a cat that um, she confines him to a different room uh, during parts of the day because she just can't deal with whatever, right? And he cries. And like, yeah. like just this mournful cry and... Um, it's, I guess it's not possible because he disturbs her work. I'm not really sure why he can't always be with her. You know, what is he, you know, what is he saying when this is a mournful, you know, over and over again for, you know, extended periods. Now he has his needs met, physical needs met. Okay. And he's got space and, you know, all the things, but he's not with her. And there's other cats. They're not crying. They're down there with him. You know, what, uh, why is I mean, I don't know what, what recommendation besides the, I mean, say it's just not possible at those times that the cat can be in her lap, for instance, you know, for mm-hmm. this talking a few hours at a time, um, you know, is he just an extremely vocal cat? I mean, he's obviously telling her something. Exactly that. He's, he's trying to communicate something with her. So without having a picture of the cat or knowing the cat, obviously it's difficult for me to be able to say exactly oh, yeah. what's of going course, on for yeah. him, but a child, a human, an animal, if it's if it's vocalizing, they're either happy or they're sad. You know, they're either sharing with you and connecting with you, or they're looking for connection. So, you know, okay, it's pretty okay. simple so, in my opinion. Mm. I just feel bad because yeah. you know he's he's, he's I, in my head he's crying. You know, um, yeah, yeah, I would say. I mean, I mean cats they need connection. They're not they're not beings that you can just leave alone. You know, that's okay. a really common misconception, and and you can hear in my voice it actually frustrates me and it actually upsets me right, quite right. a bit because you wouldn't leave a child alone for long periods. You know, no. No. Um, so he happens to be a cat that craves uh, being with the human perhaps more than a, another cat. Like it's a bigger need for him. It might not it, it might it might not even be a question that he craves it. It might be that he needs to be to have that connection with a human to feel safe. It might be that he oh, needs that connection gosh, with yeah, the I human to feel secure in his environment. It might be that he needs that connection with the human to feel grounded. You know, th- th- again, th- there are so many reasons. And like you said, we all do the best that we can. If she can't have him in the house for whatever reason or different rooms, you know, we do yeah, what we room. what we can with what we've got. 
there are ways to support him, you know, in terms of the emotional side of it. But it depends mm-hmm. if if that's applicable with the space that they've got, with the amount of cats that are there, you know. That- well, I'm going to tell her, you know, we're going to get her her book, get you the book, yeah. you know. So can, like, <laughs> that's maybe what I was going to say. Okay, so the next segment of our show is um, what we call uh, the cake break or pie time or whatever it is. I don't know if we can try to hold this up so you can see. Um, see this yummy blueberry cornmeal, you know, and if you were here, although you're aware, uh, where in the UK are you exactly? I'm in Plymouth. I'm in the Southwest. So Southwest. I'm down towards okay. the, the far, furthest end of the map opposite London, the other, other side of the beautiful. country. Sounds beautiful. Well, if you were here, I don't know how many miles away that is to Wisconsin, but if no. you were here, we, we would be sharing this lovely, uh, lovely uh, blueberry cornmeal cake. Um, luckily my, my crew, cause I have to feed them, you know, my crew <laughs> We'll have to enjoy it when we're done here. But um, <laughs> this marks the time we call uh, where we uh, have the questions for you now. So what we do is I uh, borrowed this idea from Warwick Schiller, who's uh, um, kind of what you're doing with cats. Warwick Schiller is doing with horses, educating people how to have literally uses the word attunement with mm-hmm. horses. And uh, he asks, he has a wonderful podcast. And so... Um, you might want to check that out because there's so much animal behavior and, and uh, he talks about people's journeys in the mm. world of attunement, learning how to be more uh, in touch with our animals and their feelings. Uh, he Nothing. has a section where he asks, we sent you ahead of time, these 20 questions that he borrowed from Tim Ferriss, which is the book uh, tribe of mentors. Okay. So we'll give everybody credit on, when we're borrowing okay. these things. And uh, you, we asked you to pick out five of those that we get to ask you. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the questions that you asked is, um, the first one was what book would you recommend and why? So, so the first, naturally besides your own books, I mean, I I was going to say the first, (laughs) (laughs) the first book that I would recommend would be either, because I've got two books would be either of my books. So cat chakras, obviously, um, Mm -hmm, or the aromatic cat, which is my second book. So that's about how to use herbs and hydrosols with cats. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about not my book, I would probably say, I would have to say, excuse me, your life is waiting by Lynn Grabhorn, I think it is. Oh, okay. It's a bit of a curveball, I know. So it's not about cats, but it's about energy and about how you can manage your own and how your energy and your kind of frequency impacts your day-to-day life. And and for me, that was a book that was like, it was a light bulb moment. I read that book. And I can't even tell you how it came into my life. Maybe my sister bought it for me. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I've got so many underlines, so many folded corners. And every oh, time I sure. read the book, I take something different from it. So, I, I, yeah, I, w- I would say that I would say that book. Okay, please repeat the title of that again. It's called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And it's okay. by Lynn Grabhorn. Okay, we're going to definitely look into that. Um, okay. Just a note to my producer, um, if you want to put that in the show notes. Okay, great. All right. Um, what is the most valuable thing that you've put your time into that has changed the course of your life? And I and I said to ask me that question. Wow, what was I thinking? <laughs> that's a tough one, right? Yeah, it's a tough one. Can you repeat it for me, Barbara, sure. again, please? Uh, what is the most valuable thing that you've put your time into that has changed the course of your life? I would have to say meditation. Wow. This is a common thread with, with people who are in tune. Is it? Mm-hmm. So I, whenever I meditate, my relationship changes with my two cats, my two current boys, Leo and baby mm-hmm. Max. So Leo is one of those cats that isn't particularly cuddly. He mm-hmm. was previously feral, but when I meditate, sometimes he'll come and lay on my legs when I'm meditating or when I've meditated that next morning, I'll get chest cuddles from him. And the more I meditate, the more physical our relationship is and the more loving he is, which I think is connected to my energy. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, the the way it's it's impacted for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That that's really cool. Okay. Um, in the last five years, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life? The belief that I have the capacity to manage my frequency, my vibration. Oh, okay. That's a big one. That's good. Yeah. And we'll learn about that when we when we read more of what, what you're sharing with us. Um, 
that self-regulation in a sense, that ability to be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been an animal actor trainer for a very long time. And I, in the last couple of years, I'm just blown away by how much is out there to learn and get better at having an understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so good on you, because I think there's a real need. Everyone wants to be more fair, more um, generous, more understanding, be guardians instead of owners. I love mm-hmm. that phrase. Um, so that's that's really cool. Okay, this is a good one. Um, what is the worst advice given in your profession or bad idea that you hear of in your field of expertise? <laughs> Everyone always laughs at like that because, oh my goodness, there's a lot going on always, right? So for me, I would say the, the worst piece of advice people can give is after you've had multiple cats or say two cats and one passes away or one's put to sleep, one, one dies, mm-hmm. is when people say, get another cat. So I know you mentioned about kittens and that's different. So like you said, with kittens, there is the element to do the socialization, to build relationships, mm-hmm. to test their boundaries. It, it's actually, I would say, essential if you have kittens to get to completely agree with you there. Right. But when people say, my cat is lonely, I'm going to get a second cat. Or, or mm-hmm. people say, you know, you know, I think my cat is lonely. What should I do? And people say, get a second cat. That's that's one of the the pieces of advice that makes me cringe because then it leads ah. to a whole host of problems of introductions. My cats don't get on. One then starts weeing. This one won't be cuddly because people misunderstand mm-hmm. the emotions of the cat that they've already got. So yeah, I, I would. It's like if um if you're married and he says, "I'm just going to get another wife because uh, you know you need a friend," you know. <laughs> At least in most cultures, it's like hmm, maybe not, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Or, or if you get divorced and like one of you has one kid and one of you has the other, and you say, oh, "I'm going to go get a second kid because this one's lonely." Like it just. Oh yeah. goodness, that would be. <laughs> See, but be, no. we haven't even given the cats that consideration. Did Did no. you ask him if he wants a buddy? You know. Um, so I've always had multi-cat households and so there's never been a single cat. There's always, they've always come in pairs, um, because they come as kittens and, um, I just feel that, you know, and then they have each other to groom and they have each other to, you know, uh, so, but when you, yeah, I never really thought of that. You're right. You know, it's like, I mean, if you've got, if you've got one cat that's passed away, whether the cat's got on or not, that cat needs to grieve and adjust, you know? So like my dad's Mm -hmm. just, my dad's had two cats. One of them was put to sleep about six, eight months ago. The other cat, you know, they're not con- con- contemplating getting a second one, but the other cat is actually thriving now. He's better as an only cat. He's eating better. Mm-hmm. He's not spraying around the house. You know, he's a happier cat. So if my dad felt lonely, like, oh, we need to get a second one. It's mm-hmm. like, well, look at the needs of the cat, you know, and, and, and do you have the capacity to do introductions? Because you can't just come home with a cat and oh, let that, it out no, into no, the no. house. Like, No, no, that's that's a recipe no, no, no. for disaster because... Yes. Uh, yeah, this uh, when we do work in the studio, um, if there's been strange cats that we have nothing to do with, you know, I'm I'm always like, we have to like clean this space because they're going to smell these strange cats and they'll be worried. Like, are they yes. threats? Because they can't see yes. them. They're not there, you know? Yes. And, and if they were there, they'd have to spend a lot of time at a distance going, hmm, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a whole stressful situation. I don't want to put them in. You know, no, so. I love that. I love that you do that. That's good. Yeah. Well, I, try right. to, I want to be as fair as I, I'm asking them to wear a sweater. I need to yeah. be as fair as possible, <laughs> but they, yeah. they do love it. And I choose them so carefully for, yeah. for enjoying the travel, enjoying the work, enjoying the intention. Cause I have other cats here that do not model and they don't have to, that's not their job. You know, they just are happy being here because I love them and they, or retired ones that, you know, don't, that, they're just retired. They're going to live like Evelyn doesn't model. She's 19. You know, I'm not going to take her out to these places. She did as it when she yeah. was younger, but I've always want to be respectful of every animal we work with. Cause I'm asking something of them and um, they don't have to do it. You know, no, I love that. Me, I love that you have that respect me. because for me, that is, you know, that is the basis of the, of any relationship with the cat. you know, regardless of what's going on, we call ourselves out their guardians. They deserve respect just like other mm-hmm. beings. And, like you said, to to understand those that you're working with and how they will tolerate that, how you've built them up to manage that situation mm-hmm. and that you support them with the scent and things. I think it's really beautiful because, you know, there are cats that love to be on show that, you know, thrive in those kind of environments. And if you've got yeah, cats that you feel safe and they feel safe and happy, you know, great. But like you said, there are some, I think about my Leo, he, when he sees a human, he runs a mile, you know, so trying to get yeah. a cat like that to work, like, I can't, it just stresses no, me out We would never about ask it. him. Yeah. Exactly. You know, exactly. I loved it. Um, just a brief story. I would, back in the day, um, um, I had a cat named Fast Eddie 
And uh, uh, he was one of my first models because I just started out. And I would be, I would go around to different um, schools um, as part of a program and talk about cats and how to behave around them and stuff like that. And so um, I'd put him on a table um, in his crate so that when he got out of the crate, he'd be higher up. And the kids would all be sitting on the ground. And I'd say, okay, now we need to be really quiet and calm and take, just all take a deep breath because there's like 24 of you and there's only one of him and we want him to feel safe and good. But when he comes out, you know, it's okay to say, oh, because he's so beautiful. And watch when he comes out, he's going to take a bow and then his tail's going to go up and you're going to see him just smile because he loves how much you like him. And so I'd open the crate and, you know, Eddie would saunter out and the children would all very beautifully go, oh. In a really soft, you know, breathing way. And yeah. fast Eddie, I mean, this is what he lived for. And he'd go like, oh, yes. And, you know, the whole body. And he just, he would jump down and walk around the group and, you know, tolerate the petting because the children had been forewarned. Let's calm our energy. Mm. Let's be, you know, and, and Eddie thrived on that. Now you could not take a different cat, you know, that would be like not even getting out of the crate, you know. So I, I, but I've learned to read them. I can walk into an animal shelter and I can look around the group and I'd go, you will love this work and you will not, you know, beautiful. Um, beautiful. I can't go to animal shelters anymore because it breaks my heart because oh, I, I want I to take them all. I mean, I'm, yeah. and so um, I have, you know, lovely cats and I love them, but, but it all comes back down to that, that respect. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be wrapping up here soon. We have one mm -hmm. more question. And it's okay. interesting because of all the podcasts we've done, which you're number five. So we're, you know, we're just starting. Thank you. Um, that the people always pick this question. Uh, oh. What is your relationship with fear? What oh. is your relationship with fear? I used to run from it. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. Why wouldn't you? Right. So. I used to hide from it. I used to ignore it. I used to push it down. And, and since having Leo, and particularly the last 18 months, I have learned to find time for it, to find time wow, for my fear. Time for your fear. Yeah. To, wow. to find time for it, to connect with it, to hear where it's coming from, to find out how I can nurture it my relationship with fear has changed again as a result of Leo and our relationship you know I've had fears about him his health his well-being etc coming home all the rest of it and I have really learned to now face it to, to find it to feel it and to release it that's one of my mantras for like my life find it feel it release it emotions oh, yeah. fear resistance you know, you, you can't, I, I try to be the best guardian I can be for my boys. And in order to do that, I've got to look at my mental, emotional and energetic health. So if I ignore my emotions or my energy in motion, we've got no hope. <laughs> so right. yeah, I know, yeah, I've heard the example of uh, how mammals, you know, humans, because of our frontal cortex, we think as, in, in a different way. We think a lot more a lot more because abstract things where animals, if they're in danger and they, uh, the horse runs from the danger, he runs from the mountain lion, right? And the mountain lion doesn't catch it. And then the horse just goes and he shakes it all off. And then it's done until the next mountain lion. Like yeah. he doesn't carry around the fear every minute, you know, and unless we've, unless we've traumatized him as human, you know, with something that's traumatized, but he doesn't carry it around in the wild. They don't normally carry that around. They shake it off and they move on. And that's what humans need to do with our fears. But our brains really make that hard. Yeah. Well, this, yeah. this has been so enlightening and we've so enjoyed uh, talking with you today. Could you please share with us before we um, say goodbye, like how we find you, where we can find your book? I'll have all this in the notes, but for people listening right now, how do we get in touch with Julianne and, and uh, where do we find the information that, that you've been teaching us today? Sure. So thank you very much, Barbara, again, for having me. It's been lovely to spend some time with you talking about cats. So Naturally Cats is on Facebook and Instagram. It's just at Naturally Cats. My website is www.naturallycats.co. UK. The Cat Chakra book and the Aromatic Cat book, you can get both of those from my website or actually any online retailer. So Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, Waterstones, they've, they've all got them. And okay. 
Um, if people want to work with me, they can join me for my Become a Soul-Led Cat Guardian program. So it's an opportunity for people to do the work on themselves, to delve deeper into their emotional, mental health, to be able to come out of their heart and come, in, uh, come out of their head, sorry, and come into their heart mm-hmm. to uh, work with the soul of their cat. Oh, come out of their head and into their heart. Wow. Mm-hmm. If we could, we would all feel so much better if we could yes. do that because we want to, well, this is wonderful. And again, Julie, Thank you so much uh, for you know having uh, coming on our show. I'm, I'm as we grow. I bet we'll come back again and we'll talk some more again. And uh, everyone, go take a look at, at at Julie's information. And you and your cats will be happier for it. Absolutely. Thank you again, Barbara. It's been lovely. Thank you.